Hello beautiful light beam, I'm so happy that you stumbled upon this wee podcast. Soul-led, spirit-driven is your guide, your companion on your spiritual journey. Together, let's explore past lives, life lessons, karmic cycles. Let's learn how to navigate through this earthly life. And together with my astral team, Echo, I hope to make each episode as potent and as informative as I possibly can so that you can slowly unpack all that is human till you get to that beautiful center that is your soul so you can see yourself in your true magnificence. Okay, let's begin. Hello beautiful light beam, welcome back to another episode. This week I'm inviting you to be a fly on a wall again and listen in on another session. I received so many questions, <laughs> I get really weekly messages around my life purpose sessions. What are they like? Are they psychic readings? Are they more like mediumship readings? Is it cards? And I get it. It is very confusing because it's all of it, but also neither. Because in the life purpose session, I channel information from your Akashic records. And I feel like my approach is a little bit different not to get up in my ego but I've been told so by clients who have had Akashic sessions in the past elsewhere and then they came to me. So I guess to explain this is I like to go up there and focus on specific areas that I know now are the most powerful areas that really decode who you are on a soul level and a human level. So aka, they help you the most on your path down here trying to navigate through this human life. So and again, this could be also my overactive mind that needs to focus on something. But I prepare the session in advance by going up into your Akashic records and asking around these specific areas and then I bring you this information into the session and I share it with you but it's very much a back and forth so that we can go deeper and we go as deep as you like. So I have here for you to listen in on a session that I recently have done for the beautiful Lena Papadopoulos. And she was kind enough to let me record her life purpose session. Now, I wanted to play you the full session here, but that would bring us very close to two hours and I don't know if that would be fun to listen to. So I have edited out or cut and chopped the session a little bit but I will have the full session in video up on my YouTube channel so all the links will be 
in the show notes. So if you really want to see the full version and you have two hours or so, then um, please go to the YouTube channel, Kasha Burke, and you can see the full full session. But here I wanted to bring you snippets of it. Well, actually, I wanted the full session, but... Let's just do highlights um, just to keep it within a uh, reasonable time. Okay, so one last thing before I let you be the fly on the wall is that we have opened for this session, as we do for all Life Purpose sessions, the Akashic Records. In this case, we've opened them for Lena. But, but whenever we open the Akashic Records, if you are listening to this, you might be imbued by the energies from the Akasha. So you may feel resonance in your body somewhere. You may feel like certain emotions are coming up for you. You may resonate with certain parts of the reading or perhaps memories will come up for you. So however it comes up, if this happens, please know this sort of resonance happens whenever the Akashic records are open because in the Akasha, we are being constantly reminded that we are all connected. We all come from the same sea of consciousness. And yes, we are here having our own individual human experience, but this is how connected we are. Certain patterns, certain um, information pieces resonate with us and they evoke certain energies within us. Could be memories, emotions, perhaps some sort of uh, release or clearing. So if you resonate with this, fantastic. But my main goal with sharing Lena's session is to answer all these questions around what is a life purpose session really like. Now, what I do usually after the session, because we stir up a lot of things, I always uh, tell my clients to leave the reading for like at least a couple of weeks. Let the stuff that you received today integrate and then come back to it. And I have clients who had sessions with me when I first started and they still keep coming back to those readings because they were so powerful for them. And there's always some information that resonates with them at the time. But also what I do is I invite my clients to come and join Earth School, which is a beautiful sort of next step if you want to integrate all the information that you have just received. It can feel somewhat overwhelming. Um, you know, like it's like you found out you've got magical powers and you're like, well, what do I do with that now? So air school is always something that I recommend afterwards, um, just for the support and guidance, unless of course you wish to work with me one-on-one. So I think Lena was okay after the session and I think her background in astrology, being familiar with her own path and purpose in her birth chart uh, I think we left it in a good place (laughs) um, you know my clients usually do feel a little bit stirred up in a positive way but just like I said it's like you find out you've got superpowers right so that would be the next step anyways I will link everything 
below in the show notes so that you can also go and watch the full video but enjoy this now this session and time to become that fly on the wall see you next week okay so because this is such a big reading lena i um i pre channel a lot of the information just so we don't have, see me just constantly closing my eyes and going in but the reason I start the session by open with the opening um prayer Akashic Records prayer is because more information will come in and as we're going back and forth you know more information is going to come in so it is really important to me to uh make this session uh personal in depth and not just here's the information and you get to do with it whatever you want right so um as this information is uh, given to you please know that you can ask questions you know if you don't understand anything or anything like that you'll be showered with a lot of information um so you can ask questions and past lives might come through as well Okay, so past lives might come through, but um, this reading, so my soul purpose reading is very specific um, and it has certain areas. Um, so if you don't understand something, please feel free to ask. Absolutely fine. Okay, so and it was really interesting for your mm, particular reading because I was get, I had to write down notes. There were a few little things coming through that might be relevant as well, which aren't like part of the big reading normally. Um, so we're going to start with uh, the actual blueprint of your lives and your soul gifts. Selena, you have had 329 earthly lifetimes. So <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they tell me the number for all. Sometimes if it's been especially like a little bit, uh, a lot, or they think, okay, you don't need to know the whole spectrum or you're not ready or whatever. They just tell me the earthly lifetimes, but you're definitely a star seed. You're not an earth soul. So 329 earth lives. Now, this can include lifetimes that you had as, um, you know, like, a squirrel or you know something else I don't particularly tap into them I mean I'm not going to say no if they bring it through they haven't you know animals or anything um or any parallel lives um I don't get that um I don't block it as well but so this uh, encompasses all of it what I feel they're going to bring through for us today are two or three maybe lifetimes that are relevant to you right now. Because, I mean, first of all, 329 lifetimes, we would be sitting here for a week, right, going through them. And also, you don't, like, our minds would go into overwhelm knowing about all of that. So it, they kind of just give you what you need at this moment. So... The next thing is your soul gifts. So let me tell you a little bit about soul gifts. Um, 
the soul chooses particular gifts to use in each lifetime. Generally, they don't change so much was my experience. However, a soul can take on new gifts because it has done so many lives and it's like ready to move on. Or it can put a gift into this dormant state. Usually when something happened in your timeline, you know, perhaps uh, that gift didn't serve the human in that lifetime caused them perhaps to die or you know be casted away the soul will kind of close this gift off so as i'm going through your gifts here um what i would like you to do is just as i'm saying it to you just take note of each gift i mean if you have pen and paper you can write them down but you you know, just take note. If some gift doesn't resonate with you, it's probably because it's been, you know, closed off. So what we're going to do with this is by me telling you these gifts and you can either write it down or say it to yourself, just, you know, quietly, you know, repeat it after me. You're activating that gift. You're bringing it into your awareness. So what this will do is... Um, it will complete this activation cycle and it puts it into your awareness. So, <clears throat> and then you will find probably that very soon things will happen in your world. And even the gift that you go like, oh, I didn't know I have this gift or I didn't resonate with it. All of a sudden you'll be like, oh, there it is. Okay, now I can see how I'm using it. So these soul <laughs> gifts are like your superpowers. And it is what you use here to create your life, to help others, to, um, yeah, they're like your really good qualities. So you have eight gifts. And generally, I find that my clients have somewhere between five, five and seven is like norm. Eight and nine, I would say, is when you have had already your lifetimes and you've done a lot of spiritual work where now your soul has acquired another gift because you're ready to work here with others. So your first gift is teaching, guiding, and mentoring. Okay, teaching, guiding, and mentoring. They give me this gift in this threefold because they really want you to understand it's not about being a teacher that stands in front of a classroom and talks at students. You are here to guide, to mentor. So anything that you do in your life, um, it's not like you are know-it-all and you're trying really hard to like prove a point. It's more just that what you do and the knowledge that you acquire, you want to share it with others. So teacher, guide, and mentor. Number two is you're here to be a leader. And the way I see this gift is this beautiful, dark road like you can't see anything and then I see you there walking with your little torch and you can only see as far as the light of the torch but you trust that you will find your way and every now and then you turn around and you shine that light onto all the people that are following you because they have nothing they have no light no idea they're just blindly following you and so with this they always remind me that for this gift you don't need to be a leader that sits on top of a mountain you know or some guru you just need to be a few steps ahead and trust that what you know at that stage, you can share with those who are a few steps behind. So you have the gift of the leader. Number three is imparting information and communication. 
And this is really interesting because this gift pops up whenever someone is really good at explaining things or complex language or maybe like um, industry-specific lingo. Psychics have it because they interpret spirit and put it out. And obviously you doing the work that you do, you understand, you know, stars and planets and you bring that to us. And you also have the gift of the communicator as well. So this ease of communication uh, and conveying your thoughts, but also making and explaining things in a very simple way. So the fourth gift is you inspire and motivate, okay? You inspire and motivate. And this gift doesn't show up to make you feel like, oh, now I've got to go to Pinterest and find inspiring quotes or try hard to be this, you know, uh, what's his name, Tony Robbins or whatever. You naturally have this gift of inspiring and motivating people. It could be your lifestyle choices, the way you dress. It could be just you doing your thing and you just share it, you know, and you think you're sharing it for yourself or because you want to, you know, have um, this, um, you know, keepsake of memory. So you share photos perhaps on Instagram, but actually people are drawn to it and they get inspired and motivated by you. Number five is improving and maximizing systems. And it sounds very fancy, but the way I see this gift usually, the way they show it to me is there's this river and this dam made out of rocks. And there's these people that are trying to figure out how can we remove just a couple of rocks so that the water can flow through but without breaking the dam and they can't work it out and so then you come and you can see exactly which rock needs to be moved without destroying the whole thing so basically you find easier quicker better ways to do things uh, you know, especially when people, um, I guess, are lost or lack clarity, you can see like where they need to go. So number six was a twofold gift for you. And I just need to explain that in general, I have come across like six, uh, 34 soul gifts, right? And generally, these gifts are two separate gifts, but they showed me like they're merged for you and it's both in one so the first one is you help people to succeed and they specifically showed um coach right which is interesting for you but they said you know not like a mediator not like a teacher you know specific but a coach so you help people to succeed but you also and this is the second part of this gift is you point out people's gifts now, whether this is their abilities, their qualities, point out, you know, like through the chart, for example, where you can see, but that's a twofold gift that you have. So here, what they wanted to say, though, is you may have people, because generally when this gift pops up, you may have people in your life, perhaps like friends or something that, you know, they would, I don't know, let's say they would be really good at painting, like, oh my God, you should be selling this, these are amazing, right? And so when people are ready and they're so-called activated, they're responsive audience, they will appreciate this because you can see something in them and you empower them. But if it's a non-responsive audience, this 
this particular individual will think that you have high expectations that you want so much from them and they just can't live up to your expectations so they might get frustrated so to remember that's what I said to remember when this happens why it's happening and where you should be pouring that energy and that gift into which is the responsive audience number seven is catalyst for change you're a catalyst for change and this is why you are a bit of a trailblazer you in a way are here to break cycles because perhaps other family members, um, perhaps your parents, your grandparents, they led a particular life, but you are going off the branch completely and choosing different things, doing things differently. So you're kind of going to always be alone on your path because you're the first one to go and you can't really look at anyone. Has anyone else done this? Is it okay for me to do it? So if you were trying to seek permission or seek answers, you know, is it okay for me to do it? Has anyone else done it? How do I do it? You will just find yourself quite frustrated and, and lacking clarity. You just have to go within and trust that you're being guided to go this way or you're, you know, there's a reason why you feel so drawn to go this way, even though everyone's going that way. It's not going to be easy because when you are the catalyst for change, you are part of the group of souls, the third part, the third group, which are here to elevate um, the frequency of the earth and bring us into the so-called new earth. So you're not doing anything as norm. You're not going to do what your parents did or even that generation before that. And because of that, you might trigger the older generations who aren't awakened souls. You might trigger them because... That I, they have different paradigms that they work at or live at different you know, standards and you're breaking free. You might often actually hear that things are so easy for you, you just think life is fun, but it's meant to be because you are following that bliss, right? So that's how you lead the way for all of us. So they're saying even now to just always remember don't stop because you can't find anyone else who has already done this because you're the first one going, okay? Um, and, okay, and even though I said you're alone on the path, you're not really alone, okay? You're just, there's no one else to kind of compare yourself to. Number eight, so the eighth gift is you're an intuitive empath. So what that means, I mean, we're all intuitive, right? We all have these gifts, but when this pops up, I feel usually... When this pops up in in this in the gifts for my clients, it's because this is a tool for you to really use. Like your soul has used intuitive abilities in past lifetimes, and this is how you're here to use it as well. Now you also have the empath part, and the empath says that you feel a lot of the energies from people. You feel what's happening now. This it can be a curse because you 
you know, you will feel maxed out, tapped out quite easily. If you go, let's say, to a party, you will get you know, completely depleted. But it's also a fantastic gift because you're able to connect soul to soul on a much deeper level. And all you have to do is just really, if you haven't done this yet, if you haven't learned this yet, is just to work out your boundaries and how to protect yourself. When do we shrink the aura? When do we expand? So these are your eight gifts. Now, how 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 do you feel about them? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, they really resonate. I do. I like, yeah, I resonate with all of them, and most of them I can very clearly see in my chart as well. So, yeah, it's just funny as you were as you were describing things. I was just imagining my chart oh, and, <laughs> and how it like. Ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it really resonates. Do you have any questions about this before we move on to we're going deeper now? Um not about the actual gifts, but in the beginning you said about I'm a star seed. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a bit more about that? Oh, we'll get to this part and I'll tell you which okay. star seeds as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to leave you <laughs> hanging with this. Uh, one thing, though, because I take it sort of in chunks and it makes sure that we that you are following me. But also I want you to know this is really important. <clears throat> this is really important because it's your records, right? So they like let's say if we go into life lessons now and there is something that you go like oh this pertains to this current relationship or this past relationship or whatever and it's really painful I don't want to go there you this is why I ask you questions because if you say no that's okay I don't want to go there they're not going to tell me like they're not going to gossip about you know, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I just want you to know the reason I'm asking questions about particular people or whatever is just in case if you do want to go, I can give you more information. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So life lessons. So I'm just going to briefly describe to you what life lessons are, because often they get really misunderstood. And then I don't want you to walk away from this feeling this huge burden. So life lessons are kind of also called karmic lessons and as soon as we mention the word karma a lot of people believe it's this heavy punishment for something that you have done that you had no control over right um so so it's not like that life lessons are really just these threads that that weave through your life okay they're like the topics um it's your soul's mission your soul really came down here to learn these things right to experience and people in your life and certain events certain situations or patterns um have happened or occurred or are coming into your life to help you learn these life lessons so there's so you as a soul have chosen souls fellow souls to be either your guides got cheerleaders or your teachers your cheerleaders are the ones that support you love you so you could be you know falling over all the time letting them down disappointing they will always be like yes 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 they're here for you your cheerleaders are great right because they offer you support but you learn more from the teachers and the teachers are the people that you clash with the people that you don't get along with because they 
through their actions, through their words, actually offer you opportunities to learn these life lessons. So now with the life lessons, there's generally one or two that are very dominant, very much, um, uh, what's it called, obvious. And then there is secondary ones. And they could be either something that your soul wants to learn. It's a new thing. But let's get to the top ones first. Once we manage those, we can move the other ones. Or perhaps your soul has already dealt with them in other lifetimes, hasn't fully learned them, so thought, I'll throw it in for good measure. Now, it's important to remember that, again, this is not a to-do list. This is not something that now you have to start ticking off. Back in the dark ages, in other lifetimes, often a soul would not have learned a life lesson in a lifetime because they weren't able to awaken. Now we are awakening much quicker. And so we become aware of it. So now when you're aware of it, you uh, you can understand perhaps your life better, perhaps certain dynamics with people. Perhaps you will understand why certain pattern, patterns keep coming up. So in no particular order, it's more around the strength of these um, life lessons energetically, but this is how they came in. So the first one is persistence, persistence. So seeing things through or sticking with something. And so you may experience, have experienced this in your life in this way, like mm, perhaps, you know, you're someone who starts things and you know and then kind of after a while goes okay I'm kind of done with this now I'm bored or you know um or perhaps uh you get impatient very quickly right now if this is you and this keeps happening it doesn't mean that now you have to try really really hard to be persistent but it gives you an understanding of why am I like this or why certain things are happening and the more you kind of give you make peace with this and kind of understand okay this is part of why I'm here you will find that these situations will ease and you will find that you're accepting and acknowledging yourself not judging but loving through situations where perhaps again I didn't see something through or again I got burnt out so this also may explain why perhaps you a, a nine-to-five job would actually be soul crushing for you so even though you're here to learn persistence it's on your terms it's not going to a job you know now because you will definitely be persistent there because you have to listen right and do you know and, and follow you know whoever your boss or whatever so this is really important to remember. So persistence is number one. Uh, number two is bliss and happiness. So this is one together. And, and they actually said that that's how you connect to your intuition. So whenever you follow your bliss and happiness, you will be on the right path. Okay. So when you connect to your heart chakra and you go like, okay, is this path? going to bring me that bliss and happiness does it feel like bliss and happiness and if it's if it feels like yes in your body in your heart then go for it doesn't matter if there's other people who say it doesn't make sense Lena this isn't logical you shouldn't make this so bliss and happiness always always follow and then remember because you're the catalyst for change you will trigger people with this because they might go like oh this is so easy for you like you just pick you know easy situations you don't want to do this or you don't want to do that but the thing is also to remember with bliss and happiness when you follow bliss and happiness 
Like we start a business, for example, this passion project, right? And it fills us with bliss and happiness. And we often end up working 90 hours, right? But the idea of going into, you know, a paid nine to five job, you know, and even doing 40 hours can go like, oh my gosh, this is soul crushing because it's not your bliss and happiness. So always connect to that. Um, and this isn't so much a lesson as an experience that your soul wants to have in this lifetime. Now, then we have also patience. And it's funny that this didn't drop straight away with persistence, but patience. But when we get to your starseed lineage, you will probably get a better understanding of why patience is. And it's not necessarily a bad thing thing um it's again an experience okay because your soul um has acquired qualities from a starseed that's very fast paced but this world works at a much slower pace so whether it's manifesting things whether it's waiting for an answer or anything like that you just have to remind yourself that okay things happen faster up there when i'm not in my human body but my human body is limited it operates in a limiting pattern in a world that has its own limiting rules so i have to be patient okay and the more actually you get frustrated with this they're saying the more you will experience um interactions events opportunities you know that are pulling you into being patient so then we have uh self-love and i feel like this one is not a new life lesson um your soul has gone through lifetimes they're showing 11 lifetimes where you try to learn this so the energy isn't as intense which is why i feel like it's part of your work here so so as you are still here you know going like okay what else can I learn about self-love you know this time around um you're also using this in helping others so perhaps you attract clients who you know um struggle with self-love who struggle to love their body or themselves or perhaps are in challenging uh, relationships where they give up who they are for the sake of pleasing that other person right so so for you this is more like simultaneously happening you're still learning a few bits but mostly it's also what you how you help others and the last one is um abundance abundance so your soul is here to learn abundance now <clears throat> with abundance they're saying this goes back to lifetimes where you actually struggle it's only the lifetime before this one and this one here where your soul had the opportunities like really opportunity to uh, experience abundance but it hasn't fully mastered it um the lifetime before that actually um they're showing me you as a man and you were um this goes back to like i think the beginning of uh 1900s i'm trying to place but it was war because you were hiding people and you were and you were hiding them but people were paying you to hide them 
but then okay so the army was coming and they there was someone there that uh was then paying you to give up these people and so in that lifetime you desired to be wealthy you started off really poor um and you've worked you've worked really hard but as you acquired you know this money which which they're saying if people were saying it's dirty money it's it wasn't clean money you know because you didn't acquire it um I mean it wasn't it wasn't illegal or anything but it was through this like take from these take from these right so you would as you became wealthier um you forgot why you wanted to learn abundance and it had to do with gratitude and so they're showing you that you were helping like these families and this goes back to to russia actually russia prussia russia this goes back to russia and then you gave them up so they thought that you're putting them on a card to be taken to go away to escape but actually they were going right into the hands of these enemies and i see it as army so when your soul crossed over when this man died your soul had a life review now no one ever judges actions and tells you you were bad or something but when you saw your life review you realized that this human that had this free will didn't use it in a nice benevolent way and so your soul decided to come into this lifetime and again start kind of from ground zero and witness I believe that your parents who um, had to work really hard to acquire this money and you needed to see what that is like building yourself up again um, to instill in you this code of no matter how wealthy you will get you will remember that it's not your money to keep but you're here to help others so the money that you that you want to bring in isn't just for you to okay so i have to say because it's not like they're not going to give you the money to use for you but it's more like you have this deeper desire that yes, you want to enjoy life, you want to have experiences, they're showing me experiences over uh, materialistic things, but you also want to, you know, put it where someone else will benefit, right, whether it's like people in your community, whether it's with clients, whether it's built something that will facilitate more, whether it's to travel and, and connect with as many people as possible. But you needed this experience of these hard times. So I dare I even say that when you were growing up with your family and migrating, that things were hard and they had to like start from the beginning. And really, uh, you had to witness that you were not like other kids who had whatever they wanted necessarily straight away. But um you had to learn about this more important things than let's say designer clothes you know as a kid or whatever and you chose very strong souls to be uh in your life 
showing you this, but also, and again, because we're not reading for your parents, but what the energy that's coming through is that perhaps they didn't fully um, ever allow themselves to enjoy then what they built. Okay. It was, and this could be maybe because they're also part of the group of souls that came here to help rebuild, right? Rebuild this uh, earth. There's a whole thing that we could talk about, but it has to do with three groups of volunteers. And the first one came after or around World War II when, you know, the atomic bomb blew off. So that's not allowed to happen. So the first group came to rebuild. So they were all about, you know, work hard, strong work ethics. There, there wasn't much room about uh, for feelings and how do you feel and talking with your kids. It was just do as I'm told, right? And then the next group was the ones that are kind of like moving away from it, but they're still going like, okay, because they're paving the way for the third group, which is you. So all in all, basically the abundance, what I, what I, let's land the plane for you, because this is a very significant part and um, you're here drawn to create abundance and you shouldn't feel bad or guilty for. Now, I know that your particular work is sort of also borderline spiritual work in many ways. And often spiritual people feel like because they have this gift, they shouldn't charge for it or they shouldn't charge much for it. But the thing is, they're saying you are here to live and experience it. Remember, you're here to motivate people, to inspire people, to show them the way. And the more you connect with that, that you're here to pave the way, the less you will feel like you have to apologize for it or that it's a bad thing because the wealth that is going to come to you is going to be for you to play with and then release it right and the release will look different for you than let's say for me so yes so these are your life lessons and so when you think about people in your life or situations um and how perhaps there are certain people that you know, maybe question you when you follow your bliss and happiness, or perhaps people that have uh, tainted your, you know, way of loving yourself, perhaps it was a bully in, you know, whatever at school, anything like that. And also interesting enough that um, coming into like, so I have this, I had this as well, but you're here to learn a little bit about self love right and that um, abundance and bliss and happiness so coming into another country or changing schools we often feel like we're the we're different we're on the outside we don't fit in um and that's really important to remember that you're never meant to fit in not earth not the environments because from those polarities you learned about self-love it's like it was mirrored to you okay the more um the more you were let's say picked on or that difference was highlighted to you the more that was an opportunity to go like I still love me right so how do we feel about the life lessons <laughs> yeah they all they all really resonate too and again are like reflected in my chart <laughs> oh. um different ways yeah um yeah it, particularly like with I'll just share some like with bliss and happiness like I 
<laughs> I, what my chart shows is that my past life experiences were incredibly painful that, and that now it's hard for me in this life to inhabit my body because my life was full of so much suffering for a long time. And I can feel just like constantly feel that being blissful or joyful or happy or like that that is really something I I'm supposed to be embracing and allowing in my life mm. um and like I and and coming from that <laughs> what I'm part of what I'm moving toward according to my chart is that is to is to build my own financial foundations to create my own financial resources, my own abundance that is birthed through my, my values, my gifts, my self-worth. Mm -hmm. um, because also I've had many past life experiences where I was like the the right-hand person to people in power. Like I was the one they sought for wisdom or advice. And through my connections to them, I, I had a lot of privilege and I had access to a lot of resources, but there was almost like this pattern that developed where I, I felt as though I couldn't do it without somebody else that like, I needed that connection to somebody in power in order to have abundance. And part of what I'm learning in this life is I can create my own abundance. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful how yeah. you've chosen your particular parents with their particular mission to bring you this far, you know, uh, to a place where you, maybe that is more possible, where perhaps expectations on the girl are different and less mm -hmm. and you can have that paving that path moving forward a little bit easier than mm -hmm. yeah but abundance it's definitely fo um, focusing on that and not get bogged down by as they say these naysayers or people who say you know no, we have to work hard, you know, and stuff, because that's like, what's work hard, you know, like everyone will have a different definition, but there are people like that, um, who are perhaps uh, making it a little bit harder for you, and and, and abundance and self-love and um, bliss and happiness stand out to me as well, it's almost like these are the guiding stars moving you forward, as opposed to the other two are just sort of like to understand maybe um but these ones are to really move you forward so do you have any questions before we move to the star seed no okay so we are now moving to star seeds and here are my other notes let me just move this because oh my gosh this was so exciting for me to um read I'm just gonna because it kind of goes like oh well it's not very random then that you have found yourself doing what you're doing with your head amongst the stars right it is not random so where did I write this down 
Okay, so what is really, really important? There we go. So <coughs> with the star seeds, the way I explain it is we have been pretty much everything everywhere at one point, something you were. But our human minds kind of can't get behind this, like how? And so whenever I go into someone's Akashic records and a star suit pops up, I just asked to be shown the most relevant star seed, um, uh, what's it called, uh, tribes or star seed uh, races that are very relevant to you that you need to know in this lifetime. And the first one that comes is your uh, soul origin so this is where like the first way you went um and then a couple of other ones that might complement the picture so that we understand uh exactly who you are and so the way i see it is it's kind of like let's say you know you're born in i don't know let's say greece right and you are five and your parents decide okay we're going to migrate now to germany right so you still have the language some traditions but now you embody and you know you take on the german language the german traditions and then let's say as an adult, you decide I'm going to move to America, right? So then you still retain your lineage of these countries and the traditions and the language. It doesn't just disappear. So the same is with the lineage of Starseed. So the first Starseed, so your sole origin, then is Syrian. You're Syrian. And Syrians, I mean, especially with lions going, hello, it's so powerful. But Syrians um, uh highly highly evolved um highly evolved race of souls they are very evolved with um inventions and technology now not 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 necessarily like i'm not talking about they have computers and stuff but just the coding, the innovative ways that help us create things here that elevate our way of being and earth. So, for example, if you think about Albert Einstein, Tesla, Jobs, I believe they were, they were Syrians. They had a hand of time thinkers, you know, people often were like, what are you talking about, right? Rejected their ideas. So you come from that, that's your soul group. So that's the most strongest energy within you. You have, so Syrians have a special affinity with technologies and tools to improve people's lives. And please don't think it has to be like computer and stuff. And you're like, ah, I have no idea about computers. I'm not good. It's technologies, even like, for example, the chakra system or energies or how, you know, you do astrology, how that affects us. So it could be all of that. It could be the ethereal technologies or the physical technologies. Um, Syrians are very big on self-improvement and they love to improve systems and organizations. So like, you know, finding better ways, again, for living, for doing things. They're very committed to their own personal development, but also simultaneously they like to help others um, on their journey and sometimes we'll make projects out of people that are 
part of that non-responsive audience. So, you know, like I have had clients who perhaps try to fix up their partners, but their partner's not wanting that, you know, so that's the non-responsive. Um, but I think you've placed yourself in a beautiful career because this is what you get to do with people who come to you and say, I am here because I need to change something, you know, so you are in this perfect place to do exactly that. So they also enjoy um, processes and, you know, like system, sacred geometry, you know, like planets. Um, and it's probably one of the races that as a human can struggle a little bit because while they are very intuitive and they can tap in and they with ease allow information to come in channeled or downloads or whatever they're still very linear and logical because when you are not in this body the way you you know create these codes the way you help humanity evolve you know with these um ideas uh is by being linear and obviously you don't have a mind when you're not in your body but you're very quick thinker you know like Syrians have been um contributed to the building of the pyramids of Giza right so that kind of technology so obviously as a human it's you, you may have that struggle between intuitive mind and logical mind if you were let's say in a psychic development class you know that would be kind of the battle we would have to tackle but for you I feel like you have picked a perfect medium because you look at the charts and it's like well you don't have to you have something tangible is I guess what I'm trying to say and so looking at that and then using your gift of communication and interpreting this and making it easy for us you're connecting these two plus your love for helping people and improving them right this flows beautifully so whenever even you come to a place where um you grow even more spiritually but you don't want to use let's say cards or whatever right usually Syrians use cards because they need that tangible something um, just know that yeah, astrology or charts or sacred geometry, light language is really like you will be activated like this if you're not already. And the reason you're activated quickly, all Syrian souls get activated super fast, is because all Syrian souls carry an ethereal implant within them, in their between their root, uh, sorry, between the heart and their solar plexus. It's not like an implant where you get, you know, like, um, you know, controlled or anything. It's just that this is how you connect with other souls. And this is why light language can activate in you very quickly. So I have clients who are Syrians who are healers and, and transmitters and interpreters and channelers of light language. On a more practical level, as a Syrian soul, you are also good at making plans and being organized. but Organized has to be your way. So not necessarily uh, follow someone else's routine. That kind of leads to burnout. But when you create your own routine and are organized, have your to-do list, that works well because it is on your terms. Um, <clears throat> okay, so what they said, what, you, what to keep in mind is as a Syrian soul, it can 
be hard for you sometimes to take risks. And that's usually when you go into your analytical mind and you start analyzing the outcomes, the risks, you know, and stuff. So, but when you let go of that and trust that, you know, you can connect to that inner wisdom, that channel that you are, that intuitive mind, um, you will actually see that you're here for the experience. So, whatever the outcome is, it's not going to be positive or negative, good or bad, a fail or pass. It's going to be an experience that you will appreciate. Um, and that will also help you to get unstuck whenever you feel like, I know I should be going this way, but I'm stuck or, you know, for whatever reason. So going, connecting to your soul level is going to help you. They also don't like to attract attention with their accomplishments, right? Syrian souls. They kind of like to stand in the background and let, you know, people just, you know, like, I know I helped you, you shine, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so in terms of if you ever want to be on bigger stages, public speaking and stuff, I don't know how your fear is around that, but generally Syrian souls are a little bit apprehensive. Not that they can't do it. Of course, you can do anything. But that initial fear of, oh, my gosh, there's going to be all these people looking at me or now I'm going to get more attention, more responsibility, that could potentially be a block. So if you're heading that way to keep that in mind, that if that's uh, something that's blocking you. Um, and this is possibly why in your past lives you said that your success came by working with other powerful people so you were kind of in the shadow there and you were getting your slice of the cake but you didn't have to be front stage and be the one you know who uh, has to lead this operation let's say so as a Syrian soul this is fantastic you respond well to uh, sacred geometry and I would recommend also for you if you want to help con connect to Syrian souls um, there is this code let me just see what it's called um just give me two seconds because this code is what will uh what's it called you can google it you can find it it's called oh, hang on uh, time. Simplex. Okay, Simplex. So it's a S I M P L E X. 10 Simplex. That code. And that's good to use before you start meditating. If you want to connect to those uh, energies and activate anything that I said about Syrians, they're like, oh yeah, I would like that higher um, wisdom or qualities that they embody. Okay, so then your soul came into the Pleiadians, right? And from the Pleiadians, so you have taken a little bit of it. It's not your main, um, I've got to find my notes here. It's not your main uh, star seed lineage, but basically what I can tell you about Pleiadians is that they are, mm, they like to move from A to B super fast. They don't care about the little details in between, you know. So you just want to, I'm here and I want this and I want it done yesterday, right? So often Pleiadians don't finish things or don't see things through because they either like, oh, this is taking too long. Oh, this is not like how I imagined, right? So when it comes, for example, to business, they like to do, let's say, 
let's say using your example, they would like, you know, maybe posting, maybe coaching actual clients, but the bookkeeping or the business side of it, yeah, that's not really, you know, that's that boring, unsexy middle part. And so what they say um, about that is outsourcing the parts that you know you have to do but can't, you know, because they don't, you know, they bore you will benefit you. Uh, as a Pleiadian, the reason you are impatient down here is because when they are not in their physical bodies, they are the architects, the, cre the creators. Um, and so they, they're the great manifestors. Everything happens super fast, you know, like they just, let's say, okay, I'm going to use the word think, even though they ha don't have a mind, but let's say they think and things happen, right? Um, teleporting, telecommunication, it just happens instantly. And so when they started coming down here, <clears throat> everything was slower. And it was like a fast moving car that is now has to stop, it still rolls. And so actually, the first few lifetimes, you know, that Pleiadians have chosen were very adrenaline driven, action packed, they were warriors, they were barbarians, they were conquerors, because of that lifestyle of acquiring things fast you know that action it's not that they were bad souls it's just they were drawn to this fast-paced you know lifestyles rather than a little you know farmer on a farm you know and so as a Palladian first of all you have amazing manifesting abilities because that co-creation still happens so even though it's not your primary soul group you embody some of the qualities uh from those palladians so manifesting one thing but you just have to remember that you have to be patient because everything happens slower here um the other thing is um that getting from a to b as well and fast but also you are here to work with light as well so they are the light workers they're called the light workers so the more your energy is high vibe and you're feeling good the more you will bring in people that are like you or people that need what you have not the drainers but just need what you have so if we think about clients for example you know the more your energy is that high vibe pure the more you will bring people are like oh god I love her light I need what she has kind of thing and friends you know friends want to hang out with you people want to hang out with you because you have that beautiful energy about you so as a pleading you can manipulate that and then the last one that they want you to know about is that you are a Mentakian also you didn't spend much time there because Mentaka or actually Atuvias the planet blew up um there was a whole thing Somehow Syrians are involved with this. Now, I am not a galactic channeler, so I don't go and ask about the histories. I usually, when I go in, I just go like, okay, why does my client need to know about this? But let's say Mintaka stopped existing. And so Mintakians were actually one of the first soul groups to come down here and assist in this Earth School project because they want to be of service. So remember, this is a lesser frequency for you, these energies that Mintakians um, bring. It's lesser for you, but you will find resonance. And again, if you connect to Mintakians, you can amplify these energies within you so you can work with them. Mintakians are here to be of service. They, uh, they believe that. So the more you connect to that, actually, 
which I think we spoke about as well yesterday, when you connect to that, um, you amplify everything in your life, like things run smoother. They are also, they can't harm a fly, like they are constantly uh, giving people second chances, they always want to believe in the good, so you might find, for example, with clients that you will be the one that will be like, you know, not giving up on them, you won't give up on them, even if they're ready to give up, you're like, no, we've got this, we can do this. Um, in relationships, they're saying just be uh, mindful of that because of your beautiful life, people who don't appreciate this will be attracted to you, and they will take advantage of it, leaving you. And because you always want to see the good in them, and you have the Syrian, which is like, I can fix him, you know, I can make it better. You might end up feeling a little bit sad when, uh, you know, they don't appreciate that and kind of leave you, uh, use you or, you know, like, yeah, take advantage for you. So they're saying that this is, but when we are activated as these Mentakins, you expand that light and you channel it where people need it. So it will be great for your clients. It will be great for friends who love you. Uh, Mentakins are often homebodies as well. So they tend to travel and find their, like looking for their home, okay? Because they know, because as Mentakins, I'm a Mentakin soul, we know we can never go back, right? There's no place, like we feel like, okay, our planet is gone. And mm -hmm. so we can't go home. So we try to find our utopia down here. But this earth feels very raw, very rough compared to like what Mentaka was. And so because we continue to compare, um, we struggle with finding a space. But once when we find a home, we become homebodies. It's like a safety net. Um, you also uplift people. You bring positive energies into the physical. And <laughs> you may have that battle because between taking big leaps, not taking big leaps, because Mentakians are good at taking leaps of faith, but Syrians like to think. So again, it's that battle between intuitive and analytical mind. Um, you are in high alignment with the divine light. So not only are you very kind, very empathetic to human suffering, to people's suffering, um, and you couldn't be malicious even if you try, but also, again, just remembering your boundaries need to be extra high because people will be drawn to this light, and you have it from both Pleiadians and Mentakians. You may feel a bit wary of this planet because, again, Mintaka was crystalline waters. There was, you know, dolphins, mermaids, you know, those sort of, so you might be drawn to it, and actually maybe dolphin or whale sounds might be soothing for you when you're stressed out. Uh, because it's almost like, even though it's not your full home, but it is resonance to a place you've been, um, and it can soothe and regulate your nervous system. But you have to remember, this planet is not as perfect as Mintaka. There are people doing bad things, you know, everyone has free will, so they do really nearly what they want. And instead of kind of feeling like you have to battle them, just start creating your own utopia, right? Like if you create your community, your little safe haven, your little space, um, it will amplify. It will amplify. Uh, so that's about star seeds. We have two more to go, two more points to cover. So tell me, how are we feeling? Great. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and I really resonate with all of all of those things you just shared too about the star seed. Oh, good, good. <laughs> We're tapping already into all these energies and just bring them through and amplifying them beautiful so now we're going to talk about your afterlife career and the afterlife career I've got to find my notes I've got two notes because I had to go sometimes I have to go in twice to get all the information so I've got my notes here and I've got my notes there but we are going to talk about your afterlife career because your afterlife career actually will explain to us uh are we here oh yeah we're here it will explain to us more about the qualities that you embody here and it gives us more insight on what you're here to do I guess right um I mean as you could see through the reading there's bits and pieces in each one that kind of pay paint the the, the picture but this one talks more about the qualities and and how to use them to be in alignment for the work that you're here to do so your afterlife career so the way um this is shown to me is that when we're not here in our physical body in this world we are choosing usually one or two realms that we want to do our work experience at so you know we can't just be bumming around on the other side we're going to do something and so your soul has chosen these two life review counselor and dream master now, <clears throat> so you go between these realms and help. The only thing they didn't show me is whether you've done both before coming here or whether this last, uh, in between this last lifetime and this lifetime, you were in one only. But both felt relevant for me to share with you. So, um, so the first one is the life review counselor. So yes, you are a natural born counselor, fantastic listener, but somehow because you can hold the sacred space for people and you're familiar, especially with people crossing over and mm -hmm. that moment when they, um, so you, you don't, when you're in this life review round, you don't deal with people who have just crossed over and need to be made aware where they are, but you deal with people who are looking at their life review and it's very emotional even, and I'm saying emotional just so we can bring it into perspective using human terminology. Obviously you don't have a body, you don't have a system there, but it's mm -hmm. very big for souls to see their life, you know, in review and all the key players and all the people and see all aspects and know, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't a good choice. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Now I can see how this, my actions have affected someone. And so their energies can drop their saying. And when they are feeling this and their energy can drop, they go into these lower realms, which is often the slumber chambers, because they're unable to raise higher and receive healing. So you are there to guide them, to maintain that energy up so that they don't spiral down. So again, as a soul who doesn't have the human body, the, hum, the human emotional system, but still has these human traits because they've just crossed over, their way of manipulating that energy is hard. So what this means is that 
because you're this great listener and can hold space, you hold that steady vibration for people and allow humans to unravel even, um, allow them to be themselves and, and be at their ugliest, perhaps, as they see. Um, and then you kind of help to piece them together, okay, so that their vibration can rise, which is maybe giving them clarity, perspective, um, but also for you, this means that you have experienced situations that, you know, are traumatic, challenging, big transitions. Not everyone experiences these, but you have chosen to be like this person's guide when they're transitioning, right? Or when they're going through big things, maybe a friend that's going through big things. Um, you have made the soul contract before coming here to be the guide in that moment because you know that you can hold the energy for yourself and for them. Um, you also understand their patterns. And again, this could be because of the modality that you have chosen. Now, in my opinion, I believe you have this wisdom within you, but you're using astrology as this sort of picture, like this tangible thing, like to show this is what I'm talking about, but you have this within you. And that's what allows you to see beyond this tra tragedy or beyond, you know, like this person falling apart. Like you can already see you're going to be okay. This is how this is serving you. Now, other people trust you. So you, so it could be your Mintakin Pleiadian energy, um, could be that you are this life review counselor, but strangers like kind of feel compelled to share their life story with you, right? Yeah, because they can feel that energy that you've got them, you hold space for them. And because you're such a great listener, I believe that your clear sentient is quite active or activating or can activate if you choose. Um, and, and receive guidance through that. You are non-judgmental. And this is another thing that your friends value, family value, but also clients value, people, you know, strangers, because you, you create a safe space for them. Um, so in terms of um, what the soul training in this particular realm has given you, the gift that you brought forward, is that also you have this natural talent in any area that involves helping others to heal or find clarity or, you know, like purpose, right? So any of these areas, and again, I say this because people often think that a purpose is life purpose coach or fireman but it's actually when you look at this you could be a hairdresser but you the advice that you give your clients while they're sitting there pouring their heart out is healing for them and so you might find that your business is booming because people are coming because like oh my god she's such a great listener every time she shares insight you know like it, it's something so so that's more how um that work purpose is in terms of the gift of being the life review counselor you're also a dream master so what this means is when you're in the other realm you're the guy that will connect with people here in their sleep whether they need healing whether they need guidance you would come in their dreams and help them you also as a human here you volunteer in the astrals to help uh to help 
starseeds to help other guides. So if you find that you wake up feeling tired, even though you've had enough hours it's because you astral travel you can learn to stop this and kind of you know put boundaries around this but this is why it's like your staff family says we need help and you volunteer you're the first one to go so you have to um, manage this with your physical body so you might say okay tonight I don't want to travel anywhere I need my rest or you can also, because of that connection to mutual, you can also say, I need clarity on this. I need guidance on this. Or I need healing. Perhaps you're trying to release something. So you can tell them that as well. Okay. So you, so again, I just want to come back to, this is so cool. When you're the dream master, and I don't see many dream masters, you play these key roles in people's dreams. Like, I don't want to say you plant these dreams, but you give them messages through their dreams because you know that's that person when they're awake it's impossible to get through their analytical mind so you code them with these dreams um now another thing for you uh to do here is um okay so when we look at your work for example um making people's dreams come true basically you're the connector so i might come to you and say then i want this and this and this but i can't i don't know how i don't see the clarity and you are really good at finding that path and connecting me to okay if you want to be there this is what you need to do um but they're saying your sleep is really really important so really like now that we know what could be happening just ask, you know, whenever you want a good rest, just say, I'm putting a boundary out. Some of my clients, I've taught them to like visualize a light going off or a candle going off before you go to sleep. And that means I'm closed. I don't want to go. And also for you, do not overanalyze your dreams, whether it's the dreams that you have at night or whether it's your dreams. Like if something comes in and you're like, oh my God, yes, I desire this. I want this don't let anyone talk you out of it don't sit on it don't dwell on it like think how am I gonna make this happen okay it will it came to you for a reason and it's like I almost want to say like your dream buddies over there connecting with you and giving you this information how does this feel for you yeah I mean <laughs> I, I like the life counselor. Like I feel like I'm I'm doing that in in this life all the time. Like all of these things, and I even wrote, I even wrote a couple of weeks ago in some notes. Like, what are the three key things I'm providing people in my work? And I wrote clarity, perspective, and comfort, mm -hmm. which yeah, I think really aligns with everything yeah. that you shared there. And then the dream master. That's just. Well, it's just funny that you said, you know, even if you get enough sleep, you're tired. Cause I literally said that the other day, somebody <laughs> asked me, you know, like, did you sleep well? And I said, well, like, yeah, but I'm still tired. I'm always still tired. Like I, you know, it doesn't change. I'm always tired. Like, <laughs> oh, I hear that. I, this happens to me and I should know better, but I still forget. And I just go to sleep. And then I wake up, you know, feeling tired. I feel like, oh my God, I feel like I've traveled to places. You know, I can't even remember the dreams. So I'm not even trying to like, but I just go like, I just feel like I was traveling somewhere. 
So yes, yeah, so now we know that we can kind of put boundaries around this. The last thing I need to tell you about, and then I've got a bit of a drop in for you, like I said, that came in is around, the last thing that I need to tell you is your energy center. And this corresponds to the uh, seven archangels. Now, if we struggle with the concept of angels, just focus on the energy of it. Um, but basically, when your soul was first or emerged from that sea of consciousness, that first time it was created, it went into one of the seven archangelic realms. And each one is governed by an archangel and each realm corresponds to one of our energy centers. So you being a student of this particular archangel, you embody their energies. They are, of course, here to help you. I mean, all you can call any archangel, but <clears throat> this is like your, as we used to say, guardian angel. And again, these qualities that you embody, just go deeper and explain a little bit more um, about you. So your archangel, uh, Lena, is actually angel Oriel or Uriel. So it's either with a U or an AU. And your strongest chakra that connects you to this realm, to this archangel, is your root chakra, which means your basic needs are very important. Like you want to feel safe, you want to have shelter, food, you know, that is really important. But also this energy center can be thrown out of balance the quickest, okay? One little thing, and it throws you up, and which means then you feel unsafe. You feel, you know, perhaps worried or anxious about your future or the next steps. So what is really important for you is spending time in nature to recharge your batteries and ground yourself. So, you know, generally people who have worked with Archangel Oriel and have that root chakra as their most um, dominant energy center, they're drawn to live off the grid or amongst nature. They don't generally want to live in the city. And if they do, they need to go and ground themselves. They have to sneeze. Sometimes they you know life forces you, but generally that's what they want. They need to spend time amongst nature. Uh, so in terms of traits, you are compassionate, tolerant, nurturing. Uh, again, connecting to nature is what grounds you, what kind of restores your balance. Protective of friends and lovers and loved ones. Uh, and often can be protective of environment or your community, you know, you're like very fiercely passionate about it. Now, as an as 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 a disciple of Archangel Oriel, again, looking at the other energies that are very similar and loving and caring and nurturing, um, strong boundaries. I can't emphasize how important that will be. And also don't let others take advantage of you because they think she doesn't mind. She's, you know, soft touch or whatever they call it. Um, and also be aware that people can become codependent of you very quickly. Um, for you, I don't feel like it's so much you becoming codependent of others, but it's more that others can. 
And this can go into relationships. This can go into, I guess, uh, friendships as well. Sometimes it's with parents. Sometimes it's with clients, right? So just keeping the boundaries strong um, and keeping that root chakra grounded. So I would actually, whenever you feel a little bit like off or not like yourself, just check intuitively whether your cord your grounding cord is connecting you to earth whether your root chakra appears bright red and is spinning or whether it feels a bit dull so intuitively you can tune in because that will be amazing and also you know if you like to spend time in nature if you like going for walks or going barefoot or I don't know if there's a beach near you but all that will help you so the more you do it the more do you have a dog no okay because they were showing me that um a, a pet they showed me a dog particularly um is it's, it's like this motivator for you to and grounding you as well um and they actually showed me a big sort of I don't know whether it's a Labrador or whatever but these big golden maybe a retriever kind of dogs and they're very grounding for you and um you know like whether you know someone with a dog or you know but when you spend time with the dog um that will ground you as well so that is in terms of your chart. Do you have any questions? I don't think so. I mean, it's just generally like all very, which I always find with, you know, experiences like this, or I think even in the things that I offer, it's just so affirming and validating and like, you know, like confirmation. I often go, oh, yeah, this is stuff that I knew or, yeah, of course. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't know this, you know. So to me, it's always like, yeah, this is so good. Like, yeah, you're if it resonates, you know, or it makes sense or you knew it on some level, it's almost like, okay, you're either on purpose or like now you can switch because it resonated. You had that remembrance. But you're clearly on point with everything that you're doing. It just feels like you're in the right field. So now I just want to share with you, because um, that past life came in when I was channeling uh, this. And um, because they're saying there's nothing for us to heal at this present in this session, could be the nature of the session or whatever. Uh, they haven't brought forward another lifetime, but they have brought forward yesterday when I was going over again and I was just tuning into your energy. And they showed me that your first incarnation on Earth was actually in Atlantis. And you were, you looked like a goddess. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to make reference again to these beautiful myths. Uh, mythical you know Greek goddesses but that's like you know what you look like and you were in a temple um you were in a temple and they were showing that there was sacred processes procedures like you were carrying something you know to this point and there was this altar and you had to put it down and then you had to moved the other way and it was all choreographed like there were a few of you who were like preparing this ceremony now I feel like you were a uh, apprentice or disciple of this 
priestess that was there. Um, but the way you were dressed and, you know, and you were well taken care of and you had everything. And I saw you also strolling through these gardens with these flowers and there were crystals there as well. Like crystals were just like out in the open. And you seemed very happy and content. Um, and having, I feel like, come down from Minteka, this resonated with you because there were there was the water, crystalline water. Um, so that was a nice, neat first incarnation. Um, but also, I think they showed this to say that sometimes certain rituals are okay to have and not to confuse them with crutches so I don't know whether you have particular things that you like to do a certain way but maybe you've been told that oh watch out don't make it your crutch I feel like for you it's actually really going to amplify uh, your work if you have a moment where you take off the mask of the civilian of Leonard the friend you know whatever daughter and you put on the mask of this facilitator you know, the coach. And it's not about, you know, you have to deck your space out with crystals and oils and candles and cards for a coaching session, you know, because you have this connection that comes through mm. as it is and and that probably wouldn't resonate. But to have some sort of ritual, if you don't already, or if you do, just keep embodying it and keep, I mean, embracing it because it's really important for your work and and sort of kind of puts you into that natural pattern of you've always done it that way like in other lifetimes you had certain patterns certain maybe rituals that you did now another thing that I saw <coughs> and this was really interesting so I'm just going to share with you what I saw but there was this beautiful white sailboat with this massive um, sail and it was so white and it just opened up on these crystalline waters and all the buildings were so um, beautiful and just like a holiday town or something, but it was wide open and that with that came this sort of liberation and freedom and I don't know whether this was an activation for you, whether this is a remembrance, perhaps I don't know, you've been on a sailboat, but this seemed quite significant and the crystalline waters. And also it came in as a code for connecting with others. So this was interesting because the next thing they showed me, so after this liberation is freedom and um this massive white sail that was just open um they were showing me like almost like networking or connecting people and you and so the more you do you, you do that um and sort of build a little community around you the more fulfilled you will feel and I don't know what that is just life work but community building that community around you felt really really important and again then they showed me this Atlantis life where 
you were part of a community and it didn't feel like, you know, uh, sometimes I see past lives where someone has entered into a convent or, you know, became a sister and it felt very limiting and conforming and, and you know, it's like they became molded into this character. But for you being part of this priestess entourage, it just felt like you knew your role. It felt like you had this freedom, but you were also looked after, cared for, and being part of that community, really, that 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 sisterhood almost felt really empowering. So that's that. <laughs> that was it. Amazing. I love this. Yeah, it's super interesting. And I've never, I mean, I've heard a lot about the Akashic Records, but this is like my first, yeah, dipping my toes into my, you know, my own. Yeah, those blueprints, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so another just thing, if I can say, so any energies that you have, like we spoke about the stasis or your soul gifts, if you want to, in, <clears throat> in a meditation, you just, ask to connect with that and then bring down the qualities of this star seed kind of like we spoke about planets and you can google it as well like pleiadians mentakians um but even the the gifts i mean you've written them down and just having them uh as a reminder that you have all these gifts sometimes we have crappy days and we feel like i don't i don't know what i'm doing so connecting to that is going to be quite good and helpful. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for letting me do this with you. Oh, no, thank you. I'm so glad we did this. It's been really special. Yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Do you have any questions before we kind of wrap this up? Um, Actually, not about this, but I wondered if you could explain the difference between your earth school and your soul school yeah my 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 the way I okay so um so earth school is where we learn to merge the gap between us as humans and souls uh so like we kind of pull apart these readings and whether someone has had a reading with me or not just explaining these sort of areas learning how to tap into our energies our gifts and then soul school is more for those who have done my psychic development course and are ready to be here as um spiritual facilitators maybe so they want to work specifically in that so then we just go a little bit deeper than that but earth school in itself I just I mean earth school like our world here I just love this concept of us coming down here and learning more about you know just playing around and just yeah oh thank you for asking that's really special well so special <laughs> for me to prepare this for you because Sometimes I get everything in one go and sometimes I have to go like twice um, because I'm like, okay, there's this information and that's it. And then I have to go in again. So this was really exciting for me to do. And as soon as I started, I tried not to tap in yesterday because we did my reading, but, but in preparation, I was sort of afterwards tapping in into your energy and just seeing if there's anything else. And it just, it was so exciting because I love when someone is already 
on the path that they and they recognize okay they're living on purpose and any yeah. other kings can be ironed out which very clearly came through in your reading as well like that you are living oh on oh my god that was like life-changing and I couldn't even sit with it yesterday because I had to get ready for this Lionsgate ceremony so I go like oh god but I just wanted to dive in and yeah and just you know like allow it to sink in Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah okay we're going to wrap this up here mm-hmm. um. beautiful light beam i hope that you enjoyed this week's episode now before you turn off your podcasting device i just wanted to quickly hop in here and ask you for a little favor If you really enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy these episodes, this podcast, please consider sharing it with someone who you think might benefit from it also. I would be so, so grateful. It would help me immensely in getting the word out, reaching more people who are perhaps trying to navigate through their own awakening. And if you haven't yet please consider leaving a review and sharing your thoughts, sharing how this podcast helps you or what you have learned or anything that you think would be helpful to a new listener. Thank you so much. I really, really am so grateful for you.